Hey guys, welcome to Cold Film and Review, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, put on your crop tops, pull on your leather boots, and then I want you to get your switchblades ready, because we are talking about faster pussycat kill, kill. So let's just start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, guys, thanks for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. Just want to say uh, thank you for leaving us reviews, if you do. Uh, if you don't, please do leave us a review on iTunes. Helps us out a bunch. Helps us climb that chart, as we like to say here. And also, tell your friends about us, because we're trying to spread the word. The word of the cult. Get it out there. You know what I'm saying? Jesus. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. <laughs> word of the cult. Word, word of the cult film. Of the cult. <laughs> Getting it out there. All right, tonight we're talking about Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. It was directed by Russ Meyer. Came out in 1965, had a budget of 45000 was filmed in the U.S., and currently sits with a 73% on Rotten Tomato meters. As always, I am joined by the regular crew of Kyle Smith. Yo. Chris Willenbrecht. What's up? And Michael Salustio. Hello, everyone. If you don't know what this movie's about, it's about three go-go dancers holding a young girl hostage and they come across a crippled old man living with his two sons in the desert. After learning that he's hiding a sum of cash around, the women start scheming on him pretty much, and that's it. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Is that pretty much it? say pretty much? Is that pretty much basically it? I said pretty much earlier, you sons of bitches. <laughs> you goddamn sons you of bitches. Just, you don't have to say anything after the synopsis. I didn't. I stopped because I said <laughs> in the middle. <laughs> just, for fu- just for a future. <laughs> Who hasn't seen this fucking movie before? Because you're starting me off on a on a tirade, on an angry tirade. I never seen it before. Either have I. Does me, like constant it, it music videos count? Like what? if I see it like playing? No, on, it does music videos like at concerts count. and shit? No. Okay, then I've never seen this film. <laughs> oh, I, I've I've heard this film before. There there is a line that's in a white zombie song, yeah. which I finally know where that line comes from. So that's like seeing it. This movie was picked by Chris. Yep. Chris, why'd you pick this movie? I wanted to dig into Russ Myers. Uh, he is definitely a, a, a quintessential cult film director, more in the exploitation side and sexploitation side. And this is probably one of his most well-known ones. So I wanted to see what you guys thought of it. There you go. That's it. This is kind of my first foray into this too. I, I had not seen a Russ Myers film I, that I can that I know of before this. Um, not someone that I'm really familiar with. Would you classify this as sexploitation? Because I wouldn't. Not maybe what? not this particular film as I much would. as his other ones. Wait, how how could this not be? Because sexploitation films have copious amounts of sex that happen in it. This Did- film has zero sex. It's more of a boob exploitation film. But there is sex in it. They just don't show it. When? It happens off camera. She yeah, has sex se- with a guy, and then it goes off camera. Sexploitation happens on camera. And actually, if I remember correctly, I, I thought nobody had sex in this no film. No one had sex. No, no one had sex in this film. And they actually don't show any boobs in this film. So no, it's just so cleavage. it's not even that? No. It's just zero it's sex. It's more of an exploitation, but it's the it definitely showcases what he goes on to do, which yeah, is sure. more sexploitation. Is he kind of like I don't because I don't know I'm not familiar with the genre too much. Is he kind of like the the starter of sexploitation? Maybe this is like an earlier start of that. I, I don't know, but it, I would. It feels like it. 1965 seems pretty early for something like this. I mean, yeah. you can probably say that about Roger Corman. They were both kind of on the ground floor of exploitation yeah. and different subgenres of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But would he ever do? <laughs> Yeah, who's the Roger yeah, Corman? I don't no, know who kidding. that is. I think I'm he actually, wrote a book once. I don't know. Okay. I'm actually more <laughs> sounds right. I'm actually more familiar with Corman than I am. Yeah, me too. Myers. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I, I'm excited to talk about a movie from the '60s again because the last one we did was your pick, right, Mike? It was uh, that fucking spy one. Oh, Danger Diabolic. Danger yes, Diabolic. That yeah. was the last one I think we've done from the '60s. So I'm pretty excited to get in this one, especially because. This one, I th- feel like, kind of breaks the mold of um, uh, what, how women were depicted in films. 
I don't think that I can think of an earlier film, might me personally, again, not a big genre that I'm into, but I, that I can think of where kind of the women are the bad guys and the kick-ass people also. So I'm pretty yeah. excited to talk about that. I can't think of, I mean, I'm sure there's probably a couple, but um, I feel like this one just did something different. It made, it, it made the women more raw and, and it definitely gave them more of like a dominant personality. Um, and exploited violence like they exploited violence in the film, which I don't can't think of another film that really did it as um, <laughs> heavy handed. Yeah, a lot of rolling around in this one. Yeah, no, and but that but that's I think maybe why I think the fact that there's like that aggressiveness coming from women, it like is what makes people look at this movie like yeah, women empowerment, like they're badass, they kick ass, they can. They can be the bad guy, you know? Yeah, especially in, like, 1965 when you're not really accustomed to it. I feel like now I'm I'm more accustomed to, like, women being bad guys in films, and maybe this film is the reason why, mm-hmm. because it started that. But I'm definitely more accustomed to it now, you know, yeah. than, than I think oh, yeah. they probably were in 1965, where it's like, you know, a chick breaks a dude's neck... <laughs> And they're like, well, no, good, no, a girl could never do that, bro. <laughs> All right, let me tell you right now, a girl tries to do that to me, I'm gonna, I'll cry and chop her back. <laughs> so I think it must have been shocking for men to see this film in theaters, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't know. Do you think it was kind of like like a hot thing at the time? Like it was kind of like, I think, damn, like, well, what I th- the fuck? I think for Russ Myers, yes. Yeah. I don't know necessarily for his audience at the time, but I definitely think for Russ Myers, yes, it was. Okay. I think that is something, and I, again, I'm not too familiar with his films, but I think that's something that carries on in his films. Like women are pretty much like the centerpiece of all of his movies. Yeah. So, and that's the weird thing too is like I don't know if that is. It's weird because like if you read a lot of the the reviews that came out for the film in 1965, a lot of it was like it's misogynistic, it's right. this, it's that, it's this, and it's like basically bashing Russ Myers for, for making this movie. And then like later on, a lot of people went back and reviewed it again. and was like, no, I had it totally wrong. Yeah. Like this is total women in power. I only saw what I wanted to see, which was a bunch of dudes being skeezy. But when you really look at it, it's like those dudes never really have the upper hand. It doesn't seem like to me. Well, everybody's skeezy in this movie. That's the thing is you can't separate the good guys from the bad guys. And I think the only good one you could say is Linda. You know, the young girl. Yeah, who, no, I agree yeah. 100%. Like, um, and her boyfriend, I, I guess he didn't really do anything oh, wrong Oh, Seth either. McFarland from, <laughs> from Such Shows as Family Guy? You mean that guy? Does, is that what he looks he like? Looks he did look just, just like, like him. him. Yeah, yeah he, he did look a little bit. Just like him. It's funny. crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for him to break out in a song and dance. I think that's what I like a lot about this movie, though, is there isn't really any socially redeeming characters. It's, they're just, they're just kind of all bad, and then the ones that are good are just obnoxious. Well, the, the 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 brother that that likes to read them books, yeah. There's nothing. There's he he doesn't he he might not be like, uh, you know, like uh, a white angel, white knight, but he's definitely not an asshole. Yeah. Ah, see, I have my qualms about that, and let's talk about that when we come right back. What's so exciting about racing against the clock, anyway? What's it prove? Well, it's like a runner trying to improve his time. He trains his body to get the most out of it. I work on this baby the same way, trying to get maximum performance. What's it mean if you don't beat anybody? But I do. I beat their time. Is that how you got cutie pie over there? By beating some guy's time? No. (laughs) You're not the type. You're uh, the all-American boy. A safety first Clyde. Are you trying to say something? I never try anything. I just do it. Like I don't beat clocks. Just people. Want to try me? I don't have to prove anything. All right, guys, we're back, and we are talking about Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Came out in 1965, directed by Russ Meyer. Uh, here's some things that I want to talk about with this movie, uh, and I don't know how Kyle or, or Mike, you guys feel about this. Um, did you find the movie a little hard to enjoy? Because I, I, I did, because there's not really like a likable character in this film as far as there's real, there's really no one that you can relate to except for maybe the, um, 16 year old. I forgot her name. Uh, help me out here. Linda. Linda. Thank you. <laughs> no, I didn't have a hard time enjoying it. 
Yeah, I didn't either. Because of the the characters, none of them are likable. That doesn't ever. That doesn't really ever bother me. I don't buy that whole. You got to have a likable character to enjoy a film. Yeah, they they may they they may not be likable, but like, what makes a great villain great is he might not be likable, but he's entertaining. No, I don't disagree with that, but I almost feel like everybody's kind of a villain in this movie. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, um, but even even though you would consider all these char- characters unlikable, I think because of that, you find one that you like the most, even though they're all unlikable. Like by you know a normal movie watcher, you standards. thought they were unlikable. Yeah, dude, no, there's not a good character in this film. Tom, t- besides Linda, who's just screaming the whole time i don't feel i don't feel like the character's actions are going to necessarily dictate how likable or unlikable they are you might be able to maybe you're thinking relatable and not relatable but i feel like that's a different thing than likable i might not relate but i like the character because they're you're saying none of them were moral like is what you're saying yeah none of them were exactly none of them were moral like none of the people that you're rooting for and from dust till dawn are likable that's not true that's not true who? I'd say Juliette Lewis. I mean, you're she's not supposed really, to, she's, she's not really the main character. Like you're rooting for the geckos, and the geckos are assholes. I'm rooting for I'm rooting for Tom Savini. <laughs> you're rooting for Sex Machine. He's likable. Yeah. He's actually <laughs> the most likable in that movie. He is certainly is. <laughs> I was devastated when he became a vampire. I said no. <laughs> I I don't, I don't know. I I loved I loved I loved that film, and I always rooted for the geckos. But the geckos are the yeah, bad but, guys. But but at the same time, like well, kind of bad. Who guys. were the main characters in this one? I guess the three. The three, three girls. Yeah, the three girls. Like, uh, think about it this way, because I, I, I did think about what you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. What, what if what if the film had started off from the point of view of the girl in the car, Linda? What if it was like, you know, instead of it starting off with like these girls Ooh. beating each other up in the water, it starts off with her and her boyfriend are driving, and then it becomes like a fuck. It, then it becomes like like kind of like a like not a wh- horror like a movie. Horror film, kind <laughs> yeah. of, yeah. Oh, I like that. That's no, I agree. I no, I I actually. Relate this a lot to a horror film uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, the one that I I was wondering if it was influenced or not by <clears throat> later on because this movie would have influenced it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and the reason how I got that was here you have a girl who's taken off to <laughs> a desert shithole. Liam Neeson. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say something. <laughs> Token. It was it was taken to a desert shithole where. There is a uh, crippled old man who has a vendetta against young girls. There is the um, not-so-smart son who's just killing them, just like Leatherface, and then burying them in the backyard. They basically say that. Um, And then you have, like, the somewhat normal one, but who's okay with the fucking shit that's going on at the house. And, like, the difference is... Which one is that in Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Well, you know... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, uh, may, maybe I can agree with the uh, with um, the location for sure. I'm not saying like I'm not I'm not saying like the full on movie is like, but I'm saying there's a lot of similarities I to thought, it. I thought it was when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is like of mice and men. There's the brother that is too dim witted and stupid to know that he's a danger to those around him, and then there's the good brother that goes along with it because he just does it because it's family. But at the end, he has to kind of like. Yeah. muscle up and kind of like take control of the family. Yeah, and, and that I can see. You know, that. it's to kill his brother, but in this one, even the gas station attendant giving like away the location of this. Oh, he just this want, family. He, he just wants some tits. Yeah. Of this family is very Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, so it's just yeah, it's like I see the, the like. Well, and I'll also say that like the uh, the the old man, the wheelchair bound man, did yeah. remind me of like Drayton Sawyer. Like he kind of had that same yes. demeanor. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, now you're agreeing. Now he's like, yeah, no, yeah. Chris said it, so yeah, no, you said it. I agreed with that character description. I don't think you're far off. I don't. I don't think you're wrong. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Toby Hooper like. Well, let's ask him. Yeah, well, let's ask him. Toby. 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 <laughs> are you here, guys? We don't have Toby Hooper. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be surprised if Toby Hooper watched this film and like took some some stuff from it. I, I think a lot of directors. Did. Oh, I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> I agree. How do you guys feel about um, like the empowerment of the female characters necessarily? Did anyone find it hard to watch as far as like them being as evil as they were? I mean, because I try to put myself in like 1965 and like when I watched this movie, I really did. 
and just like the the culture of what America probably was or what I know of it and, and stereotype wise. And I just couldn't help but feel like men were just probably pissed off at this fucking film. Uh, why? Yeah, I don't. Not 1955. You didn't go that far back, no, did you? No, I didn't go that far back. That was the grandpa in the wheelchair's age. Because here you have very strong female characters dominating men. Mm-hmm. And obviously at the time, if you look at Linda and her boyfriend, you can tell who the dominating character is of that relationship. Even though so much to the point where Linda truly believes that her boyfriend is going to make it out of the situation alive. And then he fucking does not. Yeah. I I I don't I don't know if I I agree with that. I think there's a very uh, dominatrix vibe to this whole film, and no, that's what I'm saying. But uh, right, but but one of the, one of the things about that fetish mm-hmm. is you want to have that control taken away from you. You don't want to be the guy in control. You want to have somebody else doing it. And I would imagine that this film became popular because of that. Because of years after. Not at the time it was released. No, I, I'm not released, saying it was, it was a knockout, like you hit the, hit the theaters and people flocked to the theaters, but I also don't think there was a lot of people that were like, I mean, I'm sure people said it was a shitty film. I'm sure people said that. What I'm, I, I, but the people that liked it, I'm sure they were like watching it in their basements. <laughs> I'm sure they were finding ways to sneak into theaters and watching it. Let's be honest, 65, 65, like there, there's already like... It's like a sexual revolution. Sexual revolution yeah. is already like... You know, picking up steam. There's 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 a whole bunch of and, shit going on where people are are already kind of getting used to these kind of concepts. This, this and film ideas. got popular in colleges, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, like art house theaters yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like, so there was a demand for it. It just wasn't a big demand. It wasn't mainstream, until, and that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. It wasn't mainstream, and it's like you got. I look at this movie as as Russ Meyer making it for himself. You know what I mean? Because this is something that he was obviously into. If you also yeah. later going on into yeah. his films, as a, as a I mean, his matter. wife was a curvy pinup model too. You know what I mean? Like this is like, I think he just wanted to. I think he was just like super sexually driven Cur- and like curvy pinup models were, were nothing new to cinema though. But having them fucking kill people, yeah, and 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 steal their money and be evil was. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like as it went on, like again, going back to the exploitation of something like pinup, I feel like was a form of exploitation, but it was still more innocent than what Meyer was doing. Like he was, he was really putting it in your face. You know what I mean? Like he's like, every chick had big boobs, cleavage all over the place, crotch shots all the time. Like you know, it's just like it was almost shot erotically, but like also as like an action and comedy as well. Yep. So I don't know, but that goes on through his career. That's his totally his, his style. Yeah. yeah, and then we've I mean we've talked a lot about style and directors lately, and I just definitely I definitely see his style there, and and I mean even from other other um, I forgot what her name is. There's a film critic that saw this movie when it came out who is is a lesbian, and she bashed this film when it first came out, saying how misogynistic it was. Like well, it is, and and all this other things. And you you believe it's really misogynistic, or I I think it is. I think I think in retrospect, you can look back on it. I I heard it called an accidental feminist film, and I kind of do kind of agree with that a little bit. I don't think Russ Myers was just like I'm going to give women power. I think he literally was just like boobs, 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 and he like put it in a film, and he inadvertently tapped into something that maybe some feminist later on or just anybody in general, any woman in general might say like, man, that would be kind of cool to like be able to use your sexuality and be in power all the time and be in empowerment and stuff like that. That is, I mean, that's, that's kind of like what a lot of the dominatrix kind of thing is all about really. Right. I I mean, it's about a power. Yeah. And I feel like I partially agree with that, but I also like if it wasn't for the excessive amount of violence that the women were creating, like I I, like, I mean, if that's not if that's not showing some kind of power, like, you know, I don't know what is. But it's not like a Ripley power. It's not like they're not heroes. They're the villains. So I mean, to some extent, you could say that they're like the Liliths of the story. Like, well, that's what then. But that's also what makes you wonder, because you're like. Are they 
are they the villains? Because there's people doing worse shit in this movie they than kill what, an innocent guy for no other reason. And that almost seemed kind of like an accident. For speed. That was his only like, sin. Really? An accident. <laughs> she grabs his no. arms and snaps his neck, bro. No, I know she does, but you know the other girls are kind of like, I don't know if I'm about that. Like that's well, Rosie's... only the blonde. Only the blonde one had any kind of issue with it. The other one would go go along with anything. Well, she had. A, she was in love with. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and here's the thing: is is with Billy, the blonde is like. Billy's almost more of a snake in the grass where she's just waiting for her opportunity to get out clean, clean slate. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like the other two are, are, you know, uh, in f- full, you know, I thought I, I, I got, I got the impression that Billy was in it because it seemed like some fun to do, to have and to do. But then when she got serious, she's like, I ain't about this. I'm out. I feel like she was using Linda at any point to get her way, but she was never going to fully protect Linda. Well, there's like a regardless. Whole, there's a whole intro to this movie where somebody's just like, well, women are violent and blah, 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 blah. And they go, he goes on mm-hmm. to talk about, they, they really ramp up the idea of this fear of like when, when, when women decide to get violent and they have a lust for, yeah, lust for violence, just like they have a lust for sex. Like it just becomes this thing. I don't know that Russ Myers was trying to make like a woman empowerment movie. I don't. I, maybe I think he not. inadvertently did. I don't. I, I just don't. Know I agree. That was I agree. Main. With you, Mike. I, I don't think. I don't think that was the 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 goal. But I mean, that's what he ended up with. Yeah, I and mean, great. It, Which I, is fine. Yeah, I, if people find empowerment through this movie. Absolutely, that's great. And I understand why his films later become popular maybe because of that. I can see it. I get it. Yeah. But I don't think that he's a director was like, I'm going to do this. Yeah, well, I think he put w- women on a pedestal. Uh, that's kind of how I see it, like, in a sense. Like, he did see them as, like, sexual beings and objects, but, like, he also elevated them in a sense as well. Like, I, like But sometimes I, that's not always good because if you're talking about equality, equality is not about taking... A person, or even any sex of a, a, a or any gender, and saying this is the pinnacle. No, I think there's just like we a li- a liberation this. about it. You know what I mean? Oh, I definitely agree. Yeah, yeah so yeah. no, I, I I would agree with that too. That there's definitely a liberation in, in there as far as what was maybe allowed for female characters, even as actresses, to to be able to portray. I think that you know putting them in a villain role because I definitely agree that like. They're the villain, but they're not the only villains in this. There's a ton of villains in this movie. Yeah, I mean, like everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because someone was saying, I think I had this discussion with Chris, that uh, what's what's the the good brother? What's his name? Is it Kurt? Kirk. Kirk. Even he's not that great. Like, he's portrayed as one of the good guys in this film, but... He knows what his, his, his father and brother are doing, and he just... Is okay with it because they're they're like, shit. They're family. Yeah, you know, and except for until Linda comes along with. Well, I think I think it, I think more of it. I think more of that feeling comes from he's he maybe he feels guilty or responsible and needs to take care of his father's in a wheelchair, and then unfortunately his brother is not completely there. So there's basically two kids that need to be taken care of. So he's basically stuck there. I I agree that maybe he he definitely should have stepped in and said something sooner, but. He's still not. I, I still feel like he is the best character in terms of moral standing in the entire film. Oh, out of the group, yes, definitely. Out of the family, no, out of the yeah. entire film. Yeah. What out about the, the teenager? Well, Linda. She just, doesn't even have any role, any any room to really. She's just so innocent. She doesn't have any room to really a- act or have any kind of a character. She's just kind of the the, 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 the panicked victim the whole time. She's in shock the whole. I mean, film. she does stand up at some. I mean, at the end, at, at the end, she yeah. does. Yeah, she she conquers she conquers her her demons. So going going back to Kirk I, again. I you know I I, I want to make I do I do think that it, like of mice and men wouldn't have been a weird book to to try to take the no. story from because no. it was a popular book even at this point in time. But I mean, I have to imagine he he took it from that because he's just like George. Mm-hmm. Like he is like the type of dude that's like, yeah, I understand that my family's messed up, but like, what are you gonna do? It's family, you know what I mean? You gotta take care of family, right? Yeah. Like that's how he 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 came off to me. Yeah, yeah. If you want to put your if you want to put your mindset in nineteen sixty five, I mean, family unit was a little yeah, a little more important. It's really family bond. unit out in the middle of the fucking yeah. desert. <laughs> <clears throat> what do you guys think makes this a cult film? I think it's a combination of the fast cars, the, 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 
the gorgeous, scantily clad women, and they're they're in the they're in the dominant villainy role. So I think that overall is like an influence on films, and it's probably a pretty uh, amazing thing when it first came out. Chris, yeah, I would say just you know take the title faster, pussycat, kill, kill. It's like you're you're getting everything in that title that you're getting in this film. You're getting like Kyle said, the fast cars. You're getting the beautiful women, and you're getting the violence. And I think yeah, 1965. Um, you know that that was a, a pretty interesting combination to see. Mike, yeah, I I think a lot of it does have to do with the sexual like the sexual overtones that this film was trying to trying to portray. The idea of women in power, I think, is a really big thing. Yeah, and violent women in power, like bad women, like bad bad women. You know, like. That that I think is very that would strike a chord because I don't think that there were a lot of films that were doing that at this time. I think there were that, yeah, women were villains in films, but they're always kind of like passive villains. Like even like a Lady Macbeth yeah. was was they hint to it that she's kind of in control, but she's still in the background. These women are like bigger than life. Like ruthless. Well, yeah, yeah. And I mean bigger than like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I think Chris nailed it with that term is ruthless because I mean you look at the entire collection of film noir, like almost nine times out of ten, the enemy or the bad guy, the villain was a woman. But like a demure villain. But she no, she was still villainous in in like the pieces she played and yeah. how she got all all everything to fall into motion and to fall into play for her. But she was like, you know, like Prim and proper while holding right. a gun, and these women are just a little more raw. Yeah, you guys have a favorite character, least favorite character. I liked uh, who did Haji play? What was her name? Rosie. Rosie. Trying to figure out if she's Italian or not. So me French. too. I said Colombian. French. I don't know. I don't know. I, I French. You she, said it. You she s- says lines in that movie she's like she's French straight Canadian. Up a, straight she's up French Italian. Canadian. But I've never heard a French Canadian be like, "It's a good at a pizza pot." Like I've never heard <laughs> somebody talk. It's not Italian at first, but as the film went on, I definitely got more. Yeah, like, yeah. there's a French vibe for sure. I'm it just did, wondering it if they started to disappear as the film went on. Italian, and then all of a sudden she was, they like lost it halfway. Like, through. She, <laughs> was, she was the character I liked the least. Really? Really? I yeah. kind of liked her because she was the one that. She was the only one that had any real like emotional connection. I mean, I guess you could say Linda to her yeah, boyfriend, but yeah. she was in love with. She was uh, in love, Varla. like she was in yeah. love. And the only reason she was going along with it is because she was in love with this girl, and like it was an unrequited love that was never going to happen. Yeah, I just feel like her performance was like, eh. There's just a lot of glaring, and that's that's something I want to talk about. A lot of like glaring and glances was <laughs> was was. Homosexuality between women was that something that was oh taboo, dude. That had to be a pretty yeah, very taboo, taboo thing to show yeah. a woman that her main driving force was not just like an infatuation with women. I feel like that's been seen before, but this was a a sexual attraction and a want to be with this person right. that was well established. Yeah, definitely a taboo. I would say I'll, I'll go next. I because I, I feel like uh, I might get some pushback on this. Maybe not. I, w- I would actually say that the old man is my favorite character. I don't know. <laughs> the one that was the child molester. He's a good, he's a decent no. actor. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I honestly thought he was the best actor in the film. And that's the reason Probably. why I say yeah, he's he my was. favorite character. And you you knew his motivation throughout the whole film. Yeah, he like, he like, was clearly defined. He yeah. was clearly, he was sure clear, was, but, yeah, <laughs> clearly and grossly defined. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's disgusting and gross, but it, it's, it's clear why he has. These yeah. motivations, ur- motivations. Yeah. Yeah. You guys like urges? urges. Yeah. I was gonna say urges. Yeah. No, let's not use that. My, mine. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna pick two, but for uh, I'm gonna go bland on this one. Varla. I mean, she's like really the the face of the movie. I would say. Satana. Her look is great, and I like her attitude. I think she pulls it off well. That's my thing with her, though. Is I feel like she is very bland throughout the movie, and it mostly relies on her look. No, I don't. I actually want to so? disagree with that. I yeah, I think she's pretty good. There's dude. a there is one line that actually really stands out that she points out, and it's when um, the brother is like he tries to be the hero or something, and she kind of criticizes him and like, "Look at you, you defending a, a rapist," and da 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 da. And like here she is, like one of the worst human beings on the face of Earth right at this <laughs> point in time, but she has the ability to point out the hypocrisy, right, in a situation. Like she, she unabashedly evil, 
But yeah. at the same time, like recognizes that she says, the "Like you're the idiot. You're the one. Like at least I'm the one. Like yeah, I pick a choice. I I picked I picked a path and I went that way. You know, you know when she's talking to what's his name? Oh God, I forgot. Kirk. 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 Right. I'm yeah. sorry. Like when Kirk is trying to be the hero, she's quick to point out that like who you who you saving? Who are you saving? Like <laughs> definitely, this guy's a rapist for Christ's sake. I mean, I may be a murderer, but I'm not. You know, like it's it's an interesting thing that she is able to do and the only character that seems in control of the whole cast in that way. I thought, yeah. I thought honestly that, that scene, I'll agree with you. She was, she was, I thought the way she delivered that whole scene was fantastic. The rest of the movie, I'm going to with Cody. She's kind of bland for me. Okay. Like Billy, I thought was more interesting of a character. I was going to say, that was my you. second that's choice. My, that's probably my favorite. I, I gave my, Billy. I gave him the one I didn't like. So yeah. Billy's the one I did like. Cause, because Billy is playing both sides. And that's what I think is she's more. Just, she's playing her side, exactly, though. which is playing both sides because she's trying to figure out a way out of every situation mm-hmm. and be cool and unscathed. She's also boy crazy, <laughs> 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 and gets distracted by that easily. Is that why you hate her, Chris? No, I like her. She's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> you hate her because she's boy crazy. See, that's <laughs> typical nineteen sixty five thinking, Chris, right there. Yeah. Can't even just let a woman be sexually free, Chris. God. Oh yeah, I can. Doesn't even want him. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't even want him driving cars now. Huh? Yeah, I know, huh? Probably shouldn't allow him to vote, huh? Old man in the wheelchair, Chris. Oh no, I was on the girl's side the whole time. I, I picked sides. <laughs> I picked sides. Anyone have any favorite scenes? Uh, you know what? I the, the only scene that I thought was that that I, I I thought was just like clever writing on the the part of the the filmmaker was some. Um, at the end when she hits his um, wheelchair and you find out where the money was hidden yeah. the whole time. I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> Actually, motherfucker's been sitting on it the whole time. <laughs> literally. literally sitting on his fortune. I'll pick my favorite scene, the one right after that when she hits the brother with the car. Oh, yeah. That's that was good. actually... And he pushes... It was a moment where I was... Well, yeah, that scene's real... Actually, you know what? Change my mind. You're right, that scene. I do like the scene where he gets hit because it did make me go, ooh, like, you know what I mean? Like, for really kind of cheap effects to do that yeah. it did kind of give me the impression that he got like there was an impact there yeah. yeah but the second part of that what you were just getting yeah. to that's a really tense scene that's a like, cool between scene between where he's just he's like push fucking this pushing car. the car yeah. away and holding it back and it's digging itself in it's the like dirt so it's so effect- awesome. it's effective it's it was like, very effective because you know they probably just had that shit neutral and we're just kind of pushing it towards him and he was holding it no, back no he was actually holding that shit no way <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with the uh, scene that you guys were actually just talking about which what I thought was probably the most dramatic scene uh, in the film when the, the, the old man and the brother are chasing the girl Linda out into the desert and he gets out, like the old man gets out of the car is like crawling towards oh, her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude, I was so fucking grossed out <laughs> and so like creeped out from that. See, I was like, please, someone get there and stop them. <laughs> yeah, please, he was someone just dragging there. himself please, please, towards please. her. I thought it was so well acted and just so well done. Even when the brother breaks down and freaks out and like, I thought it was just so well done. I did think that brother, the what's the what's the tough brother's name? Vegetable. The vegetable. Vegetable, that that was his actual name, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I actually liked him as an actor overall in this entire film. Um, I thought, I thought he 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 played what he needed to play well, and yeah. even the scene when he where he's asked to remove the knife from um, Billy's back. I thought that oh, was like yeah. a really tense, very yeah. dramatic and well acted scene. Right. I, I love that scene because they made him out to be an idiot, but not stupid enough that he didn't get poetic justice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he says, you want your knife? And he's like, "Ooh, you meant want it in, like, in her chest." Like, it's yep. like, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought no. that was a great and, scene. And when he seriously, when he was like kind of breaking, that, breaking a real down, redeeming like, character yeah. towards the end when he was breaking down, I felt sad. I was sad. Yeah, I'm like, you know, going back to that saying that nobody has any redeeming qualities, it's hard for me to, to actually criticize the brother because yeah. he's a vegetable. Like, yeah, it's I, it's hard to say. It's hard because when you, when when you look at somebody saying they have, they don't have, they have un they don't have re- any redeeming qualities or they're they're evil, it's usually because it's it, it's consciously that decision to be evil has been consciously made, which makes somebody evil. Let me yeah, ask you, but, let me let me ask you this question though: okay. Is it because he has lines? Because you can say the same thing. About Leatherface. Thank God you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say? That's exactly what I was going to just say right now. Yeah. It's like, to go on Cody's point, like, isn't Leatherface just a complete yeah. moron that just goes along with whatever his family yeah. wants? Yep. 
Yeah, but he's not the the ve- vegetable is not the same level as Leatherface. Vegetable that that scene where he takes a knife and stabs the girl because he knows what she did no, like is saying. a redeeming quality. Okay, you know what? Yeah, that's a good point. I wouldn't see Leatherface doing something like that. No, he would never fucking do that. Oh, he did. It, he did. In he that. would. He would lick the blood oh, off the knife on. and then continue cutting. Obviously, you haven't seen the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nobody has the newest it doesn't one. matter. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking terrible. Does but he it's, have a redeeming it's, quality? Uh, yeah, it's like that. It's well. They uh, give we'll a backstory about, on. We'll him. talk. We'll t- yeah. They give a backstory on. Him, we'll talk about it off. We'll air. talk about that next. Next. Next we'll episode when we never cover that film. <laughs> and I want to ask you guys this final question because I'm actually interested to see what you guys think. I I say hell no, and I am I, fully against this. Oh, you're already preloading our opinions here. But Thank you. There has been talk of Quentin Tarantino directing a reboot of this for movie for a while. For for a while, I now. I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't have a problem with it, and I kind of feel like he did with um with Death Proof. He kind of yeah. he he. he he captured a lot of that tone and mood um, of this film in that one, putting the women in power, the fast cars, the same. It was all, it was kind of like his song story to no, no, that I, era of filming. So I, I agree. I have no problem with it, and I agree with that. The only my only thing was is I'm not a big fan of Death Proof, and I think that Russ Meyer ended this movie correctly with the way it ended, where he did not with Death Proof. I think his ending in Death Proof was. What do you mean? The women should have died in Death Proof? I 100 believe that because it gives. Yeah. Why? The, why? Why? Why in Death Proof would the women want? Would you want the women to die? They 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 didn't do anything. Yeah, they're not bad guys. They're not bad guys in Death Proof. There's no really. reason for like, them to die. He didn't go far enough. Well, I I personally wouldn't mind seeing him direct it, but I also I but also I, I I would just as soon give it to like another like indie director or something. I have like, a question. Go ahead. What? What uh, is this a fan thing? Is this like a thing where like fans want him to do it? Or I don't know. no? He, it, I think he wanted to do it. He wanted to yeah. do a remake. He did. He wanted to. It, it, he's never done really technically a remake. He's done. Wasn't Jackie, that Jackie Brown? Brown? Huh? Wasn't Jackie Brown a remake? Not really. No, it wasn't. It was just a. It was an opus. I mean, all of it, All of his films are like remakes to some extent. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. But well, I mean. Yeah, they're 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 very very uh, heavily heavily borrowed from yeah. uh, what's the word other films. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's credited on IMDb for the the re, what the the reboot of uh, Faster Pussycat, and it's been in uh, pre production or development since two thousand and nine. There you go. <laughs> so oh, there it is. Going to have an. So he now. probably just owns the rights to it. I think the Weinstein company is attached to it according to IMDb. So wasn't he wasn't he attached to Old Boy too? Probably. Yeah, he's been attached to a lot That's of That's Spike of Lee joint, my friend. That's Spike Lee joint. No, I know, yeah. but didn't he what didn't he have a heavy hand and I don't see him maybe. ever I, I, I see him maybe doing like this style film, but he already has. He already has death. Yeah. Pr- death proof is I. You know what, Cody? After watch this movie, I, I would I would argue you go back and rewatch Death Proof. I will go back and rewatch Death Proof. It doesn't quite have the same nope. mood to it though. It does not. All right, guys. We, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. What are you trying to do? Make it a short day? Leave the juice alone. We got a lot to do yet. Look at you. You're already stone. Yeah, that's right. I'm drunk. And it feels good, Rosie. That's why I do things. To feel good. I can turn myself on a dozen different ways. But you? You've only got one channel. And your channel's busy tuning in outside. You really should be AM and FM. You one band broads are a drag. You're a fool. You're bagged out with sauce. For a forty-five thousand dollar budget, which I don't believe is much even in nineteen sixty-five for a film, they fucking stretched the shit out of it in this movie with a lot of trick camera shots, which I was pretty impressed with. The cinematography is fucking amazing. Yeah, I liked all the I liked all the car driving scenes. I thought those were shot really well and really gave a sense of speed. Yeah, to even the cars, so. even when it's just people sitting in the car and they're shaking it. Yeah, it was just shaking the car. It still felt like the way it was cut and edited. It still felt like they were going fast. Yeah, 
Yeah, it absolutely did. If you if you're if you're a lover of car films, this is definitely one to check out. Oh, definitely. And I think that the like a lot of the framing too is just very interesting. Yeah. The way that he framed shots and and the way that they framed shots. Like, <laughs> Sorry, no, the way like, the shots were framed, the way that the uh, framing of the shots that were no, like, di- framed, dialogue between characters and how the, those like, were framed, they were like standing in, in yeah. certain places was no. You're right. Like there was a lot of um, unique angles. I don't think it was just like static or straight on. Most like a lot of time, there's a lot of up angles to make the people seem bigger. Yeah, um, a lot of movement. I felt like to the shots. So. Uh, I, I enjoyed the cinematography. I thought it was it felt pro. To it me. did. Felt very pro. Pro status. <laughs> and then <laughs> great addition to the conversation. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> and then I was a big fan of the soundtrack also. I thought the score was great. Yeah, a lot of jazz a lot or, of, like it was yeah. a jazz. That was the only thing yeah. I was just kinda like, ah it was eye rolling. Was yeah. it? I yeah. felt like that was like I felt the, like it fit perfectly. Why did you why did you eye roll? I don't know, man. It just felt it just felt like it didn't have um, it didn't have any character or soul to it. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like it was uh fully encompassing or representative of the film and the world that he was creating. It kind of to me just felt like he went to a, a stock sound library and was like, okay, I'm gonna pick that. I'm gonna it pick had that, that real that. porno sound to it. It wasn't even that <laughs> porno sound. It, it's not. It was no La La Land. <laughs> You know, no. it, it really didn't ex- establish jazz. Just find an excuse to bring that up again, huh? I liked it. I, I mean, I I, <laughs> I feel like it fits, and it's a again a staple of his to use that that style of music. But yeah, um, some I mean, sometimes it just felt thrown in there, just like we need music in this part, and it just you know yeah, pick maybe, one from the pile. But yeah, that's I mean that's for the most part. I, I mean, I I totally hundred percent could appreciate the the theme song, which you know that's that's always great when. They have a theme song. A song has the name of the film in it, but all the other stuff, like I said, yeah, it just kind of it felt like I quite honestly I could probably go to go on my computer and pull up my stock my stock soundtrack library, and I'll probably find every song from this film in there. <laughs> Can we talk about Russ Meyer as 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 a human being to some extent? Sure, I don't know much. I about don't know him. that much. Is that either. technical? You don't? Is that technical? Not really. No, it's kind of technical. <laughs> Um, there, I guess, I guess there is something called the Russ, the Russ Meyer archetype, which Uh is these women, like very busty, very big, very strong. He created an archetype that he, and I actually heard this story. I don't know if it's true or not, but that, um, he was so into, he was so, he so needed women to have big breasts in his film that he would commonly shoot women in their first trimester he would look for women in their first trimester because that's when their breasts would grow really big. Interesting. No, I did not know yeah. that. I mean, it obviously leaked into his own life. He only dated very buxom women. Buxom. Yeah. That's a word. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good word. It's true. You don't hear it you don't hear it enough. In no, life. No, not since the forties. Yeah. <laughs> buxom. But yeah, like he was uh he was an interesting character. I thought you would have more uh to say on this, Chris. Uh no, I uh, don't he, I, I don't maybe really... he had a book, like maybe his autobiography or something. No, if he he probably has one, I just haven't read it. Um uh-huh. like I enjoy his films for what they are, like and I get his his whole thing, like what he's trying to do. And yeah, I think it does come from his own personal taste, you know, mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. with most filmmakers. Yeah. Um he just happened to be really upfront and in your face about it. Like yeah. you know, he wasn't hiding it. Not like that Quentin Tarantino with those feet. Oh, he, <laughs> dude! How does he deni- just say it? How does he deny his feet fetish all the time? But his feet is like his boobs. I think they are. And they are. I think they are. I, I would agree with you there, Cody. The one thing that I kind of had a problem with, I will say, is the fight scenes. If we're gonna get on, you mean the menu you, you mean the, you mean the, the 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 choreography involved in that? Yeah, the nun. Yeah, of like, hey, let's just grab each other and roll. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. It was. It was just rolling and a lot of chops. Lot of, yeah, what's up with the karate chops? That Can was a 60s thing. That? that was a 60s thing. Dude. Just Kung throwing judo chops left and right. <laughs> Here's the thing. I took martial arts. Never learned to chop, did you? For a while. Chop is not... Like, chopping is not something that you do a lot of. Like, if you watch MMA, you don't see a lot of... Dudes doing like hiya chops and stuff. You see like a that. lot of chops in MMA. I've been watching. You don't MMA even see recently. a lot. You don't even see a lot of chops in like a Bruce Lee film. No, you see zero chops because he was completely totally opposed to that stupid. That's re- yeah. Chops are not really like a thing. But she, that's all. That's her only move. <laughs> Straddling and chopping. 
I I appreciated it, even though they were kind of cheesy and like not choreographed. Like you had chicks basically f- f- rolling around fighting dudes. Well, that was the, <laughs> well, I think that was the point of it. Was kind of like like you know, oh, man, this is gonna sound so fucking weird, but <laughs> like just like if you're surfing the web for adult entertainment. You may come across like the wrestling videos. Oh, I've never heard of it. And like that's yours. I haven't. Really? You never heard of I'm that? I'm not going to lie to you. I've never heard of this. It's a genre of porn. It is literally. Is wrestling? It's a, it, where like. It's I mean, it doesn't just, surprise me. It's just straight up like chicks wrestling dudes and dominating dudes in the same fashion. Okay. It is a genre of porn. It's hmm. probably been around forever. Wow. Okay. Yeah, since the sixty five. Is there like any sex involved? Just, no, it's just, just wrestling. Re- it's just wrestling. Huh. That doesn't surprise me. I heard sneezing. Okay, if you go on YouTube. <laughs> no, I'm not joking about this. If you go Does this on, all make it in the episode? Yeah, it's gonna make it in the episode. <laughs> You're damn right it is. Um if you go on YouTube, there are videos like of like of people sneezing. And I guess that's a thing because like the idea of it behind it is like it's a build up and then a release. Like no. that's how I was. Bro, people, is that, is that know, like the balloon pop videos? It's very much like the balloon top. Like the tension, tension with a release, like with a like a release, apparently gets people off. People get off on cake fart videos, dude. Never yeah. heard of that one. You've oh. never heard of cake? Farts? I've heard that. Yeah, seen it. Unfortunately, well, seen it too. let's rate this film. Yeah. <laughs> we're going. We're going. We're going dark. <laughs> All right, let's rate it. What do you want to rate it? Cake farts. <laughs> How many cake farts? <laughs> I'm gonna cake farts uh, again. This film, Chris. <laughs> I'm just gonna rate it chops. Uh, oh, yeah. chops! Right. Very topical. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go with. I'll go first. Why not? I, I I'm going to give this movie four chops. I um, there's things I don't like about it, but I was enthralled with it the whole time, and I could not look away. Fast-paced film, action's enjoyable, dialogue is enjoyable, like both comedically and seriously in a weird way. Um, and then just from a technical standpoint, like I was locked in and I was really, really impressed with what they were able to do with with the budget and obviously the crew that they had. Um, this is definitely one that I will own. I will track this down and I will own this film. I think this is definitely worth a watch for anybody who's just a, a film fan. So, four. Yeah, it's your job to direct you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now and I'm going to pick Kyle. Awesome. Russ Meyer. Uh, first time I have uh, seen uh, any of his films. And um, I'm going to give this one a three. I, uh, I'm not going to say it's completely, totally middle of the road. I enjoyed the film. There's some stuff in it I didn't like. Um, so stuff I found grown worthy. I already pointed out the music was I found I thought a little distracting at times. Um, um, but I liked the film. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was interesting. I didn't. It, it wasn't one of those movies that I feel like really truly uh, needs like a well designed and well thought out plot and story arcs and shit. It's just kind of a here's some shit happening. And it's enjoyable, so it's a. It, I liked it. I thought, uh, yeah, it was okay. Three. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> I am also going to give this a three. Um, I don't think I. I don't think it, in in it in its objectively looking at it as a film. I don't think it's a great film. I think it's slow in some places. Like you know, it, lots a little all over the place. But I mean, it gets there. Um, but its influence. I feel like on films later on is is un, undeniable. Like there are things that I saw in this film where I was just like, man, there's like a lot of films that wouldn't have existed if it wasn't for this film. Agree. You know, um, I do like the cinematography in this film. I think if that goes a, a bright point on it, um, and like I don't, I, you know, I didn't hate the acting. I'm gonna say, uh, yeah, definitely a three. I would have given it like a two. Uh, other. Just based on like the story, uh, <laughs> it just was really bad. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, everything else like like it's it's influence on uh, 
film. <laughs> you, uh, you, I'm rambling. At yeah, this you, point. you kind of. You brought up a point that I wanted to. to <laughs> touch, on. You know, I wanted yeah. to touch on, um, but I totally forgot to just now. Uh, speaking on the plot and speaking on slow points, there's something funny with like um, films, maybe from this era, or it bleeds a little bit into the '70s too. Um, where the first 15 minutes of the film is just nothing. It was chaff. It's just like, <laughs> like I didn't understand. Here's, here, here's some white noise, <laughs> yeah. and then oh, the, the the story begins. It's almost like uh, even it, even the 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 subplot with the with the race at the beginning, like. Nothing really happens until they hear the story. They go to the gas station, and then the fucking. I feel like the film really picks up, and and like a, a story really happens at that point. Nothing really happens. They kidnap a girl and kill her boyfriend. It's just scenes, man. That's like not, <laughs> I feel like that's not even the first fifteen minutes. No, it's not. No, that's like that's like thirty minutes. That's like, in. like first fifteen minutes is them driving and laughing. Oh, and exactly. and, rest, and wrestling in in a goddamn local lake. That's yeah. all you need for Quarry. the first fifteen. <laughs> Quarry, Chris. I'm gonna give this a four as well. Um, I do agree that there are some slow moments and a lot, like a, a lot of repetitive shots that happen in this film. Um, but ultimately, like I love films like this. Like I, I look at it as um, like a badass chick kind of action movie for the mid '60s, and uh, and did kind of take a weird, bizarre, twisted turn with the whole family out in the desert. Um, and I think the dialogue's hilarious. I mean, it's yes, it's very like like you know obvious shoved in your face like one-liners but at the same time like that makes it entertaining for me um i pretty much liked all the characters even though you weren't supposed to really like them the only one that really got on my nerves was linda um and i think that was the point anyways she was the victim so um but yeah overall this film's like iconic and it you know definitely influenced a, a slew of directors i know We've brought John Waters up a couple times, but he's definitely highly influenced by Russ Myers and and by this film in particular. So, um, and then Tarantino, obviously, and probably a slew of other directors. So, so yeah, I appreciate I appreciate this film, and I'm glad it exists. And a four. All right, guys, that is our show for this week. Make sure you leave us a review on social media. Well, not on social media, on iTunes. You can do that, too, though. Yeah, you can do that, too. Why not? Sure. Just just hit us up and say, hey, you know what? You're cool. And you can do that at cultfilm underscore review on Instagram and Twitter. You can also do that on Facebook. You can follow Kyle. Ah! You can follow me on Instagram at cultfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Film Dude, seriously? Underscore Chris on Instagram. God. <laughs> and you I'm can follow Mike. <laughs> oh, I, you always get the half chub. That's okay. I'm all right with that. <laughs> with what he gave, with, with the amount he gave you guys, yeah. I'm kind of go with that. He went rock um, hard on both of us. You, you got can the half follow chub. me at Mike Salustio on Twitter. And you can follow me on Instagram at VHS Collect. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Just remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies. 